Welcome to the Tech for Good podcast. We are very passionate about two things, technology and our world. In each pod, we will be interviewing some fascinating people, business leaders, but those with a special interest in solving the biggest issues facing humanity today. Think the environment. Think healthcare provision during a pandemic. Think global social injustice. If you want to know more about technology's immense potential to fix and transform, then you're in the right place. In this episode, I speak to Daniel Digusto. Daniel is co-founder of Tech to the Rescue, a movement which connects technology companies with social impact organizations. Tech to the Rescue believes there are not enough technology resources in the social world. In the podcast, I ask Daniel if big tech should shoulder more responsibility. He tells me what inspired the founding of Tech to the Rescue, and he shares some extraordinary examples of its work, including its efforts in Ukraine. But first, I ask Daniel what tech for good means to him. Thanks for having me, uh, Ben. It's uh, it's a pleasure for us uh, at Tech to the Rescue. Uh, tech for good means using technology for uh, creating value that can uh, actually benefit uh, the society environment, uh, depending what context uh, are we in. Mm-hmm. Uh, but these are the first things that pop out in my head when I when I hear tech for good, and obviously it's really, you know, uh, it's really in our mission uh, at Tech to the Rescue. Uh, so it's close to our hearts for sure. Absolutely. Now, Daniel, as you well know, we live in an era where you know technology companies are growing, and you know they, they dominate our our world in some ways. You know, what, what, do you feel like the big tech companies of today have a certain responsibility to to use their tools in a way that is going to positively impact society and the world? I think uh, we for for some time we we we've had those discussions inside of our team. Um, as our community is built uh, of uh, small companies, but also uh, very recently uh, our traction started to raise and, and right now we talk to probably majority of the the companies that anybody that even not related to tech industry recognizes or, or knows. Technology um, is is built on an infrastructure that's uh, been developed for many years and bases on um, knowledge and and the dominant knowledge that, from our perspective, you know it's it's uh, really available for many and uh, many times, uh, you know this is a product byproduct of of many other uh people that built something in the past so i wouldn't go into is it definitely a responsibility or not i think i would leave it to all of those organizations to decide uh, my personal opinion is uh, that um, technology can change the world and is is moving the world and any company any uh, leading company that wants to really move the world in the right direction in a, in a 
positive scenario direction, uh, should really think about how their service or their product can um, add something to, to the society, add something to the world. Because uh, really uh, taking into consideration the, 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 the footprint of what we produce uh, today, um, there is there is footprint that's been left after our uh, activity. Uh, so I think the short answer is leading tech companies uh, should, when when they have values and mission uh, that resonate with making world a better place, they should show others. Uh, how this can benefit the world and how this actually benefits their organization, which will lead to having many organizations that will definitely get involved into doing good and, and um, it will make the world a better place, I guess. Yeah, and that, that moves us nicely on, Daniel, onto your company, Tech to the Rescue. Maybe tell the listeners what the idea was when, when you were founding this company. What was the mission? Right. Uh, we are a nonprofit foundation. Uh, we are uh, we we were born when the pandemic hit, so it's shocking that uh, it's been only two years. Uh, when we think about it, uh, at the time really flies so fast. Um, it was born as a bottom-up movement where um, some of the leading executives of companies from Central Eastern Europe. Uh, majority from Poland decided to do something and, and decided to act and add something beyond money, beyond donating and fundraising for uh, organizations that were in the frontier. They wanted also to to do something that will last, you know, something that will actually give continuous value to to the society and. But first, uh, it was simply an Excel sheet, if we can call it this way. Um, with time, when um, actually a, a global uh, change-making uh, organization called Ashoka.org uh, joined as a as a strategic partner, uh, it started to you know get traction and and set the direction of uh, really focusing on what can benefit the society and the, the nonprofit organizations the most. Uh, me and my co-founder, Jack, um, we had that uh, imagination that um, um, we a uh, couple of times watched uh, different TV series where um, uh, either uh, on, you know, different streaming platforms. You can watch uh, stories of uh, paralegals or, or any, you know, uh, law company, law firm uh, being very successful. And uh, every time, uh, from time to time, there is this, uh, you know, theme where they actually get into some pro bono work. And, and you know, this this kind of, became a standard like any well-respected uh, law firm in the world has that division that really 
allows their employees to get involved into um, some pro bono work. And we many times had the discussion, why isn't it like this in tech? I mean, what's the difference? We are, the tech industry is, you know, uh, one of the most, in, in, basically most innovative industries and what's going on? Why, why isn't it working this way? Um, so I have a background in working for uh, tech companies. I, I've been building uh, companies, uh, creating teams in tech companies uh, for the last 10 years. And my co-founder, Jack, uh, he uh, used to run a small uh, IT consultancy firm that was actually focused on building products for nonprofits. So okay. he was on the edge between, you know, nonprofit sector and uh, tech. And when we met, uh, we joined, actually, we joined the initiative of uh, Thomas, uh, the ex-CEO of Devante, who was actually the, the initiator of, of this. Uh, and we agreed that, okay, together with Ashoka, uh, we will run this forward. We will actually take it forward. Um, so for the last year and a half, we managed to uh, working part-time, just the two of us, uh, validate the hypothesis. So we were trying to understand whether there is a need for uh, the service like ours. So we were actually operating as a startup, you know, setting up uh, a thesis, validating it, uh, you know, um, uh, implementing something, testing, and and again and again, you know, like in a in a regular uh, lean process. So um, we managed to deliver uh, over fifty uh, collaborations between NGO and tech. Which I, from make any talk down a bit about those? How, how do those collaborations work? Like what what is, what are you facilitating there? Yeah. So so. Um, we as Technology Rescue are the, the door opener, so to say. Uh, we have a network of tech companies from all around the world. And uh, there is also a, a, a huge list of uh, nonprofits that come to us. And what we do is we verify them. Uh, we validate their readiness to work with a, a tech company. Um, so we could call ourselves as a marketplace of nonprofit projects, but the difference is that we are not putting ourselves as the, you know, uh, as the subject of this whole thing. We are just a platform for collaboration between nonprofit and tech to happen. Um, and this is what we do for till now. We've been matching both sides, uh, helping tech companies to meet reliable uh verified nonprofits while on the other hand we also uh helped nonprofits to actually understand what they need translate it into the scope and then finding the, the best partner it partner 
Great stuff, Daniel, and very noble work. Can you share some of maybe your best success stories? Which areas have, have you had kind of the most impact? Has it been with a particular um, set of tech companies or has it been with a particular set of nonprofits that you, you've really been able to have that impact? Um, when we always think about what's best, it's really hard to call something best. From our perspective, uh, we treat our beneficiaries you know, as, as, you know, almost like our friends and, and it's hard to say we prefer this over another, but I can share some of the examples uh, where technology um, uh, scaled impact uh, and uh, this might be interesting. So in the last uh, two years, one of the uh, very interesting stories that we, that we, uh, repeat over and over uh, is uh, an organization from Nicaragua uh, that started as a um, uh, small project where women uh, wanted to um, educate uh, older women about prevention of cervical cancer, which is uh, fully preventable. It requires just regular uh, you know, uh, treatment and, and checking. And Nicaragua, with uh, you know all the beauty of the of the landscape, uh, has also some downsides, including the the uh, approach towards women and the fact that uh, there is a lot of taboo around women's health and uh, with the culture of I don't know if I can call it macho, but it really it really kind of draws some picture where, um, you know, there was, the project started basically in the way that women were coming in a bus from one village to another, and just, you know, were educating uh, about how to prevent the, the cancer. And uh, what was shocking was that many times it wasn't even possible to spend uh you know a, a, a certain amount of time with with uh, a specific person because their husbands were very suspicious about what's going on and it was very uh creating those boundaries where on one hand women wanted to take care about their health on the other hand they really didn't have that space where they could um take care about themselves um and then the pandemic hit uh which completely, you know, um, disbalance the operations of the organization and mm -hmm. the Lily project uh, knew that they need to move online. Um, and uh, it's actually something that stimulated their development because when they moved online and they first started with a, you know, some messenger group, WhatsApp group, um they finally find the space where women had that liberty to to speak up and share their experiences which was in a way a coincidence that actually helped this idea to, to strive but at some point they saw that you know at first they had just 2000 users or let's call uh beneficiaries because they were moving from the city to city as i mentioned and then when they moved online, um, 
the number of you know participants started to to grow rapidly and they saw that it's impossible to continue developing it uh through a whatsapp group simply um and when they came to us um we uh, found them a partner uh, which uh, is located in netherlands but what's interesting is that the the team the engineering team uh is uh, located in pakistan and the reason why they actually uh signed up to to help with it was the fact that women in their team in pakistan when they found out about what the project is about they really uh, got excited because they felt like this is something that would actually not only help in nicaragua but also in uh, uh, in their region so it was incredible because uh, from being local in nicaragua uh, actually the, the the match that we provided also allowed the perspective where the Lily project understood, oh my God, there is a market that's way bigger. Uh, so what they did, they started building in a, a, a solution that would allow, you know, to create a community online, to, to share some educational materials. And it, you know, it grew the, the community, allowed to, the community to grow uh from you know a couple thousand people to a couple and tens of thousands of people right mm -hmm. now i think it's even over uh 50 or 60 thousand uh people um but it also allowed that connection between different countries different people that were united by one story and why one challenge that they uh, commonly wanted to solve Hi, I'm Daniel Brigham, editor of the Tech for Good magazine. I hope you're enjoying this pod, and if you want more, why not head over to techforgood.net for some amazing and thought-provoking stories. You can read about one company's mission to use digital technologies in the fight against HIV, or learn how social media can help refugees take control of their narratives. For those insights and more, read and subscribe at techforgood.net. Wow, that's that's an amazing story, Daniel. And um, yeah, like I, I guess really shines a light on the true kind of social impact that technology can have and and the work that Tech to the Rescue does as well. Now, do you want to talk a little bit too about the the recent work you've done in Ukraine as as that country has had to deal with the the horrors of the, of the Russian invasion? Like what stories have you got there? I need to start with just saying that technology will never be the solution. It requires certain environment and, and, and different um, elements to, to, to solve some challenge, uh, but it can be a platform again, right? Um, this is very important in my opinion, that if the company decides to, to help, just providing technology solution or, or building something, um, it's not the, the end solution for everything. That's very important. But it can be the first step 
uh, that any organization that wants to make impact on the world can, um, you know, join and, and, and start from uh, as a small step. Um, if we talk about uh, Russian invasion, um, we really like nobody expect nobody wanted it. I think some people expected that it may happen. We, as Tech to the Rescue, um, had some intelligence, uh, some information that came to us uh, a week before that there is there is a high chance that there might be uh, um, conflict escalation, uh, and um, maybe we should consider um, getting ready. And when we heard it, uh, we had no other choice than just getting prepared. Um, and we organized our freshly created, freshly formed team uh, that we hired in January uh, to basically be prepared for whatever happens. And from the day zero, we had an infrastructure and we had uh, resources uh, with, you know, in our small but very uh, passionate team that were in place and we right away started to um you know to, to basically um highlight ourselves to be one of the solutions or at least a a, uh, a place to go uh, when uh, organizations needed support and needed uh, scale scaling of their operation and we um we really felt it. Uh, we really felt the, the 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 heaviness of the situation. How did your company respond to that that demand, that level of demand at, at that point? It, it was it wasn't easy. Uh, we um, we really felt it. We we talked to over two hundred organizations from Ukraine and the region, and it was. Um, it was extremely, extremely tough to meet that whole expectation having very, very small team. But at the same time, we were really um, encouraged by the fact that over 1,000 1, freelancers uh, signed up. So we saw that there is this, you know, will that people really want to do something. Uh, at the same time, we had uh, 600, uh, over 600 companies that that offer their support. Um, unfortunately, we don't, our model doesn't allow us to work with, with freelancers right now. Mm -hmm. we, we are fairly small, so it really is hard for us to organize people and manage them. That's why we work mainly for now, at least, with companies, because this is something that allows us to act quickly, and that's our unique value. Uh, but seeing how many, uh, you know, uh, organizations and, and uh, uh, people want to act, it really added as energy to work around the clock and, and be available. Yeah. Um, have you, yeah. Daniel, have you been able to see any of the, you know, positive effects that the work you guys have done, the role you have played? Have you been able to see see any of that in, in, in that work? Um, I think... Yeah, I wish uh, I can say uh, for sure. I hope that people also saw it. We 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 saw the 
the collaboration that started. And uh, I, I can say that for now, there are a couple of uh, projects that uh, are really generating value. So one of the things we did, which wasn't usual for us, but we decided to do that was um, consolidation of different projects that were on the market. So we got into action and we started connecting um, initiators, the activists that started similar activities, and we just started connecting them and so that they could collaborate and you know do something, uh, do some more good, just uniting and doing something together. And uh, uh, I think there were over nine similar uh, Airbnb-like you know platforms to provide shelter for. Uh, for um, the society fleeing Ukraine. Yep. And we spent quite some time just to connect them and make sure that they are collaborating or also with a reliable NGO partner, which in this case uh, was uh, Polish Humanitarian Action, which is right now one of the you know top leading NGOs that are working in response to the situation in Ukraine. And we found the partner. Um, uh, there were a couple of tech companies uh, that joined um, and they together created a platform called uasos.org. And uh, we already know that over 4,000, um, there were over 4,000 times that somebody found uh, an apartment um which you know it makes a difference actually yeah um and and full credit daniel to you and and to your small team as well for for really rallying around and and being able to to make a difference there i mean full of admiration for that for sure um talking again more generally about tech to the rescue daniel it feels like you know you're still a very young company obviously but there's there's a thing here about community isn't there and building a community of technology companies, a community of nonprofits who have that common kind of purpose to to use solutions for good and to try and solve some of these issues. Um, how how big do you see that becoming? I guess you you kind of got you 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 should be able to sort of envision like this becoming a lot bigger, right? And and I guess the bigger it gets, the the more collaboration there is, the more chance you have of of really really making a bigger difference. Oh, for sure. Um, we wanted to become a market standard, so we would love every leading tech company to become, you know, a a a a member and start doing good and at least helping once a year, uh, a, you know, a specific organization that's in need. Um, it's clear to us that um, the the value is not just in the satisfaction. Uh, of people that are doing those projects, the value is in actually in in, in you know business. Um, as um, we already see, there's a, a huge shift in the um, uh, expectations from employees, the, the different you know levels of employees. So the Generation Z that enters. Uh, the uh, the workforce right now 
and already I think stands for about 30% of consumers um, uh, or something around that. Uh, I think uh, that's a huge power, you know, and, and if we take into consideration that uh, they're one of the, the, the biggest things that the Gen Z is, uh, you know, respecting is doing something good and adding value to the society. I think if companies will not start caring about it, they will really stay behind in the in the race for top top employees. But it doesn't only apply to the Gen Z, to the to the fresh people uh, into the workplace. But I think uh, when we look at IT industry specifically, um, IT industry for many years served many people that if you would look at the Maslow's pyramid, uh, their basic needs and were already met long ago. And at the top of that pyramid, there is you know that feeling of self-fulfillment and doing something more to a higher purpose. And people working in IT industry, um, many cases, they seek for meaning. So, top managers, top um, uh, directors, creators and influencers on companies, they really many times, um, you know, um, seek meaning and, and search for something more than just yet another commercial product to be sold to somebody. And I know from my experience that if your work is meaningless, you're either heading towards the burnout or you already are burnout. That's it. Like if, if there's no purpose, if you don't feel attached to something bigger than yourself and your work is not bringing it, uh, which actually stands for one third, at least one third of our life, mm -hmm. uh, it's gonna kill, kill you, kill us in overall. Um, that's why, from our perspective, uh, doing projects for good, building uh, value through uh, engagement into social activism, uh, this is a benefit of the future and the top workplaces are going to really be surrounded by, uh, you know, by the value of, of empathy and, and helping others. So I would say I really look forward to the economy of empathy where you know, helping others will be perceived as a real um, benefit, as an upside, and it's it's shifting. We already see that. Really interesting stuff, Daniel. And you know, have have you been on a similar journey yourself as an individual as well? You mentioned earlier that you you know you you used to work in the tech industry, building solutions. Now you're obviously doing what you're doing with Tech to the Rescue. Do you feel like? you as an individual, you're kind of on that on that journey as well to wanting to use your skills and your contacts and, and you know, your company ultimately now to to have that, to have a stake in the empathy economy. There was a time in my life when I spent a couple of years working for a, for, for a tech company, which was mainly about building, you know, products for clients. Mm -hmm. Everything was really surrounded um, around building business, selling stuff, and um, the company was really, really nice. But I somehow felt empty inside after working a couple of years 
and devoting my time and still, you know, many times being pointed out that we have to do more, we have to do quicker, we have to, you know, create business value. I was asking myself, if I, you know, talk to my children or their children um, 20, 40 years from now, and they will ask me, hey, grandpa, why, why did you spend majority of your life just, you know, working your ass off for, like, for what? What was the purpose? What did you change? I don't know. Maybe this is, maybe it might sound a little bit cliche, but for me, it was so deeply rooted in my values that I will leave some legacy to the, you know, future generations. And if I sit around the table with my kids someday uh, and their kids, I would love them to look at me and say, grandpa, we're, we're proud of you. Like, we know that you did what you could have done to allow us to live in the same world or at least prevent the degradation of the world. Uh, and we are just, we really appreciate that. Like, I want to feel this. Like, I want them to look at me and, and be proud of me. Uh, that I'm not adding, uh, you know, and yet another brick to, uh, to, to extermination of our humankind and, and the ecosystem, but rather I'm building the foundation for a sustainable development uh, for the future, future generations to come. And I'm absolutely sure, Daniel, that your children and grandchildren will um, look upon you in that way. Um, on a final point, so what, what, what does the immediate future look like for you and for Tech to the Rescue? How are you going to continue on that path to, to try and to make a difference? Yes, this is very exciting time. Um, I, can only, I, I can already uh, announce that as of last week, uh, Google.org, the philanthropic division of Google, uh, donated uh, half a million dollars in a grant to help us to sustain our uh, Tech for Ukraine campaign, which will allow us to, um, you know, really focus on the marathon, the, the work that needs to be done, and, and providing value to to humanitarian uh, efforts, humanitarian aid efforts in the upcoming uh, months. Um, and thanks to this, we will also be able to get back to the, you know, other activities and, and not only helping in one area, but doing what we as Tech to the Rescue want to do. So really uh, creating the world where um, the nonprofit organizations have all the resources and technology to, you know, scale up their impact and do, do massive good. So uh, we really see this possible with such partners. Um, but yet there's a lot to, to do still. Uh, we definitely are thinking about uh, how we can do more, having a, a small team and, and uh, now being able to grow a little bit. What's next? We think that Ultimately, there are many players on the market. There are small companies, there are huge organizations, like all of them have different goals, right? Uh, 
similar with nonprofits, uh, the, the NGOs that come to us, they have different goals. And at the moment, we know that aspect to the rescue, we are in the center of, uh, of this uh, puzzle. So we want to maybe one day become a hub when we would be in the middle in between the sectors connecting you know private sector corporations uh governments and uh, grassroots organizations local ones and big or one big 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 global ngos and creating some sort of a model of uh, crisis immediate response that in any moment if something uh, that requires coordination of all those different parties would appear, we would be ready uh, knowing what to do in what order, or at least who to connect with whom to be able to uh, save lives and provide for people. As for now, we will continue to um, build our tech community and uh, work with uh, nonprofits that come to us uh, and we will keep matching them to you know build uh, solutions that can scale up their impact and we look forward to uh, seeing what's going to happen next uh, the future is bright we see that people really start to believe that there is some shift necessary like we live in times when we really value scarcity so people pay more for um, gold than actually uh, they pay for, uh, um, you know, uh, empathy or or happiness. Uh, so we truly believe that we are on the crossroad, actually on the edge of a huge social shift, and we want to be in the frontier helping others to, to join us and, and do some, some more good. That was the Tech for Good podcast. Listen, subscribe and rate us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts and Stitcher.